Y'all ready to get in the Word of God? Yeah? Awesome. I want to start with this statement. I've been praying about how to begin the first message back, and I just want to say, God is faithful. I'm going to say it again. God is faithful. I believe today God wants to release a word to some of us about how faithful He truly is. I believe for some today, this message will be an echo of your heart. It'll be something that in your quiet time, you've already been feeling. Something that's already been stirring inside of you. But for some of you, I believe this message will be like a drink of water in a dry land that will refresh you. I think for some of us, we get in seasons of life that we forget God's still with us. I think we get in times in our lives where we begin to question God and we begin to ask, God, where are you? What are you doing? But can I tell you something? The very same scriptures we read have those very same questions in them. And we're going to read about it and we're going to talk about a way that we can truly understand that God is with us. If you will, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 4 through 9. Verse 4 through 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the new faces in the building, there's some new faces I met today. It's so good to see you. I just want you to know you're welcome to amen, hallelujah, talk back to me um, as I'm preaching. Uh, you know, I, 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 we visited a couple churches and it was real quiet. It was real quiet. I was like, man, I love Jesus too much, man. You know what I mean? Like, you know what, Pastor, that's a good word. Yeah. Amen. That's a good word, Pastor. It's okay to say those things in church. It's all right to, to, to respond to the Word. We can respond to promises in this, but sometimes, man, when the Word comes out, we should be like celebrating the fact that God is reminding us today that He is faithful, that He is good. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 4, it says, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus. Can I pause there for just a moment? We could sit right on that statement all day. I could focus on that statement not only all day today, but tomorrow and the next day and the next and the next and the next. Why is that, Pastor? It's just it's grace from Jesus. That grace is the key to everything. There is a kingdom of heaven that exists, and the entryway to that kingdom is through the grace of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus, what Jesus came and did for us on the cross. That's just the beginning access to living in the kingdom of God. So that is more than just saying, I give thanks always to God who gave you grace. Man, I'm thankful for the grace. I'm thankful that there was a time in my life that I was running thinking I should do things my own way. And he picked me up out of that miry clay and set me on a rock and said, no longer will you have to live slave to those things in your life. God is faithful. He is faithful that in every way, verse 5, you were enriched in Him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you trust and lean on the Lord, He will sustain you until the end. And you will have confidence when you stand before the Lord to know that you are accepted into the kingdom of heaven for eternity. All because of what Jesus did. I'm going to say it again. God is faithful. God is faithful. This is what (laughs) 
This is what Paul says in the next statement. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this reminder today. I don't know where everybody's at in this room, God. I don't know if they feel like you have just abandoned them, and I made the statement, God is faithful, and their first thought was, no, he's not. And that's okay, Lord, because we want to talk about it today. Then there are some in the room that I said, God is faithful, and they've been in that, they've been in that mountaintop all week knowing that you have been faithful because they've seen you come through. And there are some that are saying it, but they haven't seen it all the way through yet. And so today, God, as we begin to, to, to break into this word, may our spirits begin to stir and strengthen and trust in your faithfulness. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. I think this statement is very easily said in churches. There's a lot of things we say in church that we don't really mean. You want to know one of them? Hey, how you doing? Man, y'all got, what's up with the July group? Come on, somebody. Like, wow. Some of y'all are like, no, he's right. <laughs> That's me. Because you be like, how you doing? Man, it's actually, oh, you know what? My coffee is burning. I'm going to go get it real quick. <laughs> we say things like, oh, blessed by the best. She means it, though. <laughs> but we'll say things like, God is faithful. And in our hearts, we're going, why are you lying to those people? Our hearts are crying out, going, why are you, you know you don't sense God in this moment. You know you haven't seen Him come through in this season that you're in. And we say things like, God is faithful, but I want to remind you that there are times, sometimes we have to say things, and then everything else will follow suit. We'll talk about commanding things here in just a minute because there's some scriptures. I'm, it's in the Bible. Okay, it's in the Bible, and I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. But you've got to understand, sometimes God is faithful, and that stuff inside of you begins to say, no, He ain't. No, he, yes, He is. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. And you just got to trust. It's like a Tennessee Vols fan every season. We going, this is our year. This is our year. The most faith-filled people are Vols fans. I'm just telling you. Come talk to us. If you want a faithful person, single ladies, if you want a faithful person, find a Vols fan. No matter ups or downs, we think you're the best <laughs> every day. But if we're going to talk about the faithfulness of God, I want to define faithful for a moment. Faithful by Webster is defined as loyal, constant, steadfast. That is God's nature. He is loyal, He is constant, and He is steadfast. You can bank on God. He does not change. He is the only constant thing in your life. Let me explain it to you. God is the same. Okay, There's a straight line. If I could draw it for you, I would draw a straight line. The problem is, the reason I didn't want to draw it on a board is because there's no beginning or end to him. So it's just forever. You could walk all the way to the end of the line. There is no end. You're just going to keep walking. But it's this straight, consistent. What happens is we hit highs. We hit lows. But in the midst of that, God has never moved. He has never changed. He is the same. He has not changed. What has changed is us. We are the ones that have moved. He has not. 
Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and forever. That peace you had yesterday, you can have today and tomorrow. Because it ain't going to change if it's in Him. That joy that you had, not that happiness, but that joy that you had in Him yesterday, you can have it today and tomorrow. Why? Because He does not change. He is the same. For some of you, you're trying to find something from a, from a past, and God's going, I'm that same today. You can find me today. Quit looking back there for it. Now, we're going to look at these things and be reminded of some stuff, but I'm not living in it. A lot of times you'll see in Scripture where God did something in someone's life, they built an altar, and then they moved on. Then when they came back by it, they remembered what God did in their life based on that altar. And they would offer another sacrifice, and God, thank you for that moment, God. And then they move on. There are things that we can hold into our hearts and say, man, this was a season God was good, but there's something else He wants to do tomorrow. You think about Jacob. If he would have stayed at that place where he saw the ladder ascending and descending, he would have never walked into the promises that God had for him. Some of you are camping at an altar and your promise is waiting on the other side, but you're saying so stuck in that moment and what he already did, he has more for you. He has more for you. We move based on our emotions. We move based on a circumstance in our life. When things are good, we good. When things are bad, we're in church praising the Lord at the altars, crying out for the Lord, and then it gets good again, and then we, we just we do this number. We do this number. And listen, let me tell you something. That's life. Because there are evil things in the world, there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs. I'm not telling you if you say yes to God and remind yourself that He is faithful that doesn't mean you're going to stay on that same line. But what it does mean is my hope and my trust is anchored into the one thing that doesn't change. Whether I'm up, I'm good. Whether I'm down, I'm great. Whether I'm side to side, I'm amazing because I am anchored and hooked to this one thing that no matter what, I know He's going to be there. I know that He is going to be there. This has been a recurring reminder in my life this last month that God is faithful as I'm looking back, we're coming up on almost a whole year as being lead pastor, and I've seen God be in good seasons and bad seasons. I've seen God at the mountaintop. I've seen Him in the valley. I've seen Him in the dark. I've seen Him in the light. I have seen God everywhere, and He has been faithful. You know why I love the Word of God? You know why I love it so much? You know how much goes into this statement, God is faithful? You know how much goes into that? You don't know if someone's faithful unless you go through something with them. You don't know how faithful someone is until you've been through something. You all got that shady, weasel-nosed friend that every time the heat turns up, they're gone. Some of y'all sat in prison for that friend. Some of y'all have had relationships in your life broken because of that friend. The faithfulness was not there in that person, but that is not who God is. That is not who God is. So when I make a statement that says God is faithful, you don't get to read all the many texts. There is so much print behind God is faithful that you haven't seen or you don't understand, but I'm here to say God is faithful. And for some of you, your story is different. There are seasons that He was faithful for you. you got to go through things to find the faithfulness of God. If it was all hunky-dory, we wouldn't know that He was faithful. If it was all on top of the mountain, we wouldn't know that God is faithful. Man, He's in the good, but I sure don't want to know what's down there. The psalmist tells us we can go nowhere that His presence is not. 
The dark is like the light to him. He is faithful. Oh. So when you're going through things, some of you in the room today are going through some stuff. You're going through some circumstance in life. You're not on a mountaintop. You're not the one going, praise God, bless the Lord, I am that one. Yes, you're the other person that's going through something. Let me tell you what Deuteronomy 3, 31, 6 says. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. This is Moses writing to the children of Israel. He's fixing a pass away, and there are things that they still haven't walked into that God promised Moses. And he's telling them, I want to remind you, be of good courage. All the things we've seen him do before, he'll do it again. That Red Sea he split, Egypt that he brought you out of, all of those different things that he brought on those people, he'll do those things again. Those battles we shouldn't have won when we came into towns because they far outnumbered us. Be of good courage. It is the Lord who goes with you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. Leave means to let go and let alone. Forsake means to desert and depart from. The Lord has not sent you to a place to leave you, ladies and gentlemen. He is not taking you to the place that you're at to leave you. There are two reasons why you are where you are. One, you've walked away from the, the, the guiding and direction of the Holy Spirit and you found yourself somewhere you shouldn't have already been. And he's so good to show up in that midst. But there's also times that he drives you into something. And I've mentioned this multiple times. I've mentioned this so many times. The children of Israel went, was, were led into the desert. They were led into the desert by the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that don't know, there was a quicker, easier path. But God knew that at the first sign of turmoil, they would turn around and go back. No, they wouldn't. Why did he lead them through that hardship, that desert place? Because the first time turmoil came up, they said, why did you bring us out here to die? I'd much rather go back, but it's too hard to go back now. Praise God that he sees things better than I see them. Be like, hmm, desert or a really easy way there? Take me to the promised land, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Y'all can sit there on your high horse, but you wouldn't choose the wilderness either. But God knew that he knows his people. And he knew, and he is still faithful in that, that I have to make the hard decisions sometimes to drive you into the wilderness because you're going to learn some things and you're going to grow and you're going to be strong, but you won't return to that thing I just set you free from. God is faithful. Sometimes faithfulness isn't, woohoo, yes, sir, he's faithful. Sometimes it's like, oh, God is faithful. I'm so glad he knew better than I knew. But what a promise that he's not taking you to a place. He didn't take them to that place and leave them and desert them. How do you know that? Because he led them by, by fire at night and a cloud by day. He was there with them. How do you know he was there with them? Moses said, Lord, we don't want to go into that promised land if your presence doesn't go with us. I'd much rather stay right here. Why? Because his presence was with them. Whoever's in the room today and you feel like he has left you, he has not. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He has not departed from you. He has not set you up to fail. He has brought you to a place to teach you how to trust in Him. Even when you don't see it. 
you got to trust in the Lord. What a promise. I know some of you are thinking, Pastor, we get that. We get it. My saints in the room, you're like, man, I get this. But can we look at faithfulness with fresh eyes today? Can we take just a moment and not do the churchy faithfulness thing, but can we really think about how faithful He has been in our life? Can we talk about the fact that, man, I shouldn't have made it out of that wreck, but I did? Can we talk about the fact that I shouldn't be in church today because of all the things that have happened in my life, but I am? Can we talk about all those times that I was so lost in sin and I knew I didn't know what was up, down, sideways. I didn't know what was back or forward. I was so lost in darkness, but light stepped in and said, hey, I have called your name to set you apart. I see you where you are and I am with you. Can we talk about that time your family didn't have groceries or gas, but God provided He's even faithful in the small things. Think about the time you took a tithing challenge a couple months ago and you didn't know how you were going to do it, but you tested God because the word says test me on it and he was faithful. I talked to so many people that said it worked. How did it work? And I say, I don't know. I just told you it says test me and see if I will not do it. And he's done it. Those that follow through with it, he's done it. I mean, I'm sitting down eating with folks and they're going, I, 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 I and I'm going, I, 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 I can't either. I preached it and I can't, even t- I can't even explain it to you. All I can say is God is what? Faithful. He is faithful. Mm. Think about the time, and all those were like high and mighty ones, but think about that time you went through a devastating season. But you felt the Lord draw near in a way that He never had before, and peace that passes all understanding came into the room with you. And he wrapped his arms around you. Or the moment that Jesus knelt at your feet and washed your feet. To let you know he's there with you. He is faithful. He is faithful. We can't lose sight of his faithfulness, church. Saints. We can't grow callous to it. I think a lot of times we grow callous to our salvation story. We grow callous to, you know, we were sitting in this discipleship training. And they're like, think of two words before Jesus and two words after like two words before Jesus, I was in my mother's womb. I don't know. <laughs> I grew up in the church. I've been here all my life. But there have been moments and seasons in my life where I've tried to stray and do things my own way, or I've allowed things to rise up in me. But my testimony is that God, I, I, I was birthed into a family that was in the church. And that's my testimony. And other people have other testimonies. And some of you will sit there and go, well, how come it was you? I don't know. I don't know. Denny's wearing the shirt. Favor ain't fair. Sometimes certain people have favor. And I'm not saying I'm favored over you. Please don't take that from this statement. But what I'm saying is God, God orchestrates and plans things, places you where you are, where you need to be, makes you who you are. I needed to be Tim and Stephanie. You needed to be ever your parents are. So that you can do the thing that he set out for you to do. Your makeup. You were not an accident. You were not an accident. You weren't two people made a bad decision one night. You did not catch God off guard. He saw all of your days and wrote them in a book. And he has set them into motion. Because he is faithful. Man. It's such a great thing to be able to say I'm in such close proximity with the Creator, with my Father, with my Savior, that in tough times, in scary times, in good times, He is there. He is there. I'm reminded of that song, All my life, you have been faithful. 
All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. Even those moments I didn't see, Lord, you were faithful. Even those moments I didn't know you were protecting me, you were faithful. Even those moments I haven't given you glory for yet, you were faithful. Can we take just a moment? Can you take just a moment where you're at and just thank the Lord for being faithful? Like, Lord, you were faithful this past week. I had food on my table. I have groceries in my fridge. I got to come to church today. I, I, I have a family. I have people around me. I get to worship at Journey Church for the first time in a month. You are faithful, God. You are so good. You are so good. It's no easy way to transition this moment into this next statement, but for some of you in the room, I made that statement and you said, nah, I hadn't seen that. I haven't seen that in my life. I haven't seen that right now. And I want to I I share some scriptures with you where David struggled with some of the same things. King David struggled with this very thing. You ready? Psalms 42. And the reason I want to take you to Scripture is because I, I don't want to give you my words. I want to give you the word of the Lord. Because that is what will do all of the changing in your heart and in your life. Psalms 42. Starting in verse 1. As a deer pants... For flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? We pause for just a second. Some of you, that is your statement. Tears have been my food day and night. I have cried and cried and cried, and everyone around me has asked me this question, where is your God? Where is your God? This is not me pointing fingers at you saying shame on you. I'm trying to help set you free today. And for those in the room that are like, man, that ain't me, you need to take some notes because it might be you. We're talking about King David here. We're talking about who killed Goliath, who was saved from King Saul who was in a, in a cave and was able to hide. In a, how did you not see David in that cave? God had protected him and been there for him, but he's having a moment in his life where he's like, look, I'm crying. And everyone's asking me, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival, why are you cast down, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Look over to 43. Psalms 43. Vindicate me, O God, and defend my cause against an ungodly people. From the deceitful and unjust man, deliver me. For you are the God in whom I take refuge. Why have you rejected me? Why do I go about mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Anybody ever ask that question? 
Maybe not in those words. I don't think we talk like that. Like, why do I go about mourning? (laughs) Maybe you do. I don't know. Some of you are like, yeah, I do. Send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You see here, David is asking God, come to my rescue. Haven't I cried enough? Haven't I been oppressed enough? Haven't I been defeated enough? God, can you show up? Can you show up? And he says, listen, please save me. The world's even mocking me. Where is your God? Where is he? What's going on in your life? Where is God? And he says, I remember these things that I would go and I would sing. But here is the statement I want you to cling to today. He says this three times in 42 and 43 combined. He says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Journey Church, when your soul, your soul, your emotions, your understanding, all of these different things are in turmoil and you question where God is, command your soul to snatch back to hoping in God. Now this is, a little, this is a little bit of a teaching here, and it goes a little bit deep. Some of you are like, I ain't all about that speaking things over myself, but you need to be. Because this is what David is doing right here in the Psalms. He is saying, why are you cast down? Why are you in such turmoil inside of me? Hope in God. I will sing his praises again. Why are you cast down inside of me? Oh, my soul. Why are you in turmoil? Hope in God. Hope in God. Hope means to trust beyond what you see. When there is nothing else to believe in, hope in God. Depend on Him. Hope is a ray of light in dark times, knowing that it will be okay, that it will get better, whether it seems like it will or not. My hope is in the Lord. He is the one who is my salvation. He's saying, I will sing His praises again. I might not be singing them right now, but I'm going to. I'm going to be singing His praises. How come when things begin to go a little wrong direction, we start questioning God? Things don't go the way we want them to go. We put the blame on God. We put the blame on Him and say, it's your fault. Why didn't you you do that the way I wanted it to be done? Because He's God. He don't answer to me. Can I just be real with you for a second? When you said yes to Jesus, you didn't say yes to this saver, saver redeemer and answer all my, all my checklist. You said, I'm answering to the Lord, to the King of Kings. If you lived in a kingdom and the king did something and you go up to him and go, well, why did you do that? You ain't getting an answer. Now, God is a good God and a good king. And He does bring peace into our hearts and speaks to us through His Word and and helps explain things through Scripture. This is not me saying God shouldn't talk to you. (laughs) But what I'm saying is we in the American church have flipped it to where God has to answer to us. you got to do it the way I said you got to do it. That's not a Lord. That's not a Lord. But in America, you ain't going to tell me what to do. 
You ain't going to come up in my house and tell me what I ain't going to do. You ain't about to step over on my property and look at me and tell me what you ain't going to do. And I, again, that's okay. There, don't let anybody come in your home and tell you what to do. But I'm talking about we've adopted the flesh into the spirit. And because our flesh is saying, don't come into my house and tell me what to do, our spirit's going, God, don't you come in here and tell me what to do. We don't live the way the world lives. It is different. It is flipped opposite. We trust God because He is faithful. And I have trusted Him. I have said, you know what? I ain't got 10% to give, but I'm going to give it anyways because you said it. And now I got money to do some extra things in my life. Praise the Lord for that. Or my food made it. Or my gas. The fumes got me a little bit farther than they did last time. For some reason, a tank lasted three weeks instead of one. Because He is faithful and His ways are different. Listen, let me tell you something. God is sovereign. He is holy. He is righteous. He is just. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He is everywhere. He knows ways better than I do. He has seen all my days and written them in a book. His words are powerful. Timothy Keller says it this way. When I say something, like I'm going to turn the light on, I have to go turn the light on. Action has to follow my word. But when God says something, it simultaneously happens. His word is action. So if God's word is action, I'm going to trust his word because when he says it, it's going to happen. I don't want my word to be the one that I stand to. We cannot turn to the things of this world because it doesn't make sense. Jesus, go through the Gospels. He's even sharing parables and they still go, I don't know what you mean. What do you mean? And he's like, I'm trying to break it down as simple as I can. The reason you can't is because the people of this world don't understand the things of the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Does that mean we don't hurt and we don't have seasons where we, we would like to know? There's times I'd like to know some things, yes. I ain't going to stand up here and be like, Lord, why? Uh, you know what? I don't ever question. No, there's times I'm like, Lord, why did that happen that way? Why did that happen that way? Why didn't you move the way I thought you should have moved? Can I just be, I'm going to be honest. This is what I'm going to do. When I begin to make it about me, I have taken the king off the throne and placed myself there. When it's more about me knowing everything and controlling everything, I have now taken the king from his rightful place on the throne and I've placed myself there. It's about what I want, when I want it, how I wanted it. But that's not how we walk this walk of faith. That is not how we walk this walk of faith. And, and I, I'm, I'm trying to, and I'm just, the Lord, it's the Lord's job, the Holy Spirit, to stir in your heart and help you understand what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say God doesn't love you and he doesn't want to tell you sometimes. But he's Lord. He's king. He's king and he deserves the honor to do that. And sometimes that means I don't get to ask or know some things. But one thing I do know is he is faithful. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when this world is gone, his promise will still be true and I'll stand before him in eternity. And most of the stuff that happened in this life will be cast into a fire. All the stuff that we do in this life will be thrown into a fire. And the things for the kingdom of God will last and be precious jewels, but the other things that aren't will burn up. It's in the Bible. 
You can read it. I'm not making this up. I'm not trying to push you to do kingdom things because I got an agenda to make. But I'm just trying to tell you, I don't want to stand at the end of my days and cast everything I did and it all disappear. And for some of you, you're okay with just being, at least I was in heaven to throw it in a fire. For some of you, you're okay with that. But can I tell you something? That's not kingdom living. And can I tell you something else? You've already entered the kingdom. Heaven's already come. Jesus came, opened it up. When I said yes to Jesus, eternity began for me. That's why in the Bible, I don't want you to be confused about those who are asleep. They're sleeping. Here we say it, dead. They, they are D-E-D, dead. But the scripture tells me that those people are asleep. You know why they're sleeping? Because they have entered into the rest of the Lord. They've entered into the kingdom of heaven already when they said yes to Jesus. And that eternity is not ending. You can't end it. They are just asleep for a moment. And one day they will open their eyes and be standing in the presence of the Lord. Time is outside of time. To them, it will feel like it just, they closed them and opened them. But it might have been 200 years. I don't know. But we're living for something that we already have. We're living for something that we already have. Hmm. So for some today, I think you're struggling. You feel like you haven't seen God faithful in the past few weeks or months. For some of you, you've grown weary of doing good. Can I just encourage you to reread this scripture from Psalms to yourself, but not as David saying it, but you saying it. I want you to open that Bible. I want you to go home today, and I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to declare that scripture over yourself. Why are you cast down? Why is my soul in turmoil? Hope in God. You hope in God. When there is nothing else left to hope in, hope in Him. Hope in Him. I'm not hoping, I'm not hoping in answers. I'm not hoping in circumstances. I'm hoping in the, the holiness and the righteousness of God. That's what my hope is in. When you declare something, you come back into the country. I've made this statement before. They say, what are you declaring? You know what they're asking you? What do you have? I want you to tell me what you have. So what are you declaring? They don't say, what do you have? They say, declare. What are you declaring? In our spiritual life, we have the opportunity to declare things in our lives. We have the power to declare them. So you declare over yourself, I have hope in God. My flesh don't feel like it. My spirit man sometimes don't even feel like it. But I got hope in God. And you're going to say that thing over and over yourself. And eventually, as Paul says, your flesh will align with your spirit. And the spirit man will be back in the driver's seat guiding your life. And not your flesh and your emotions and your circumstances and your outcomes and your situations. You are hoping in God. And He is the one that I keep my eyes on. He is faithful. I'm telling you, when you begin to declare this over yourself, it will all make sense. You will understand why, you're, why he can come to a barren land and make it fruitful again. How much more you'll enjoy the fruit of a land that you've been in that's been barren. How much more value that land will have when he turns it from barren to fruitful. How much more wonderful it'll be when you're in the desert, but his river comes along and refreshes you. And you realize the only reason you survived in it was because he was there. I knew what it was like without you. And now I know what it's like with you. And I'll take this all day, every day. Hope in 
God and I will sing his praises again. Declare it over yourself, hope in God. You must remember, uh, Devontae, if you'll go ahead and come up for me, bud. You must remember that this is a walk of faith. This whole thing is based on what Scripture says that we cannot see with our eyes. This yes that we said to Jesus is based on things we cannot see. It is based on faith. So what does that mean? It means it's not based on outcomes or circumstances. Okay, God did everything for me. Great, I want to go to heaven. Okay, great, I want to continue to my life for Him. Okay, things didn't go the way I wanted them. God must not be real. Deuces, I'm out. That's basing it on circumstances and situations. We have to be men and women of God because listen, this world is falling apart. Sin is in the world. The moment sin entered it, it was falling apart. But Jesus came and redeemed us so that we don't have to live in that anymore and we can hope in Him. It's not based on an outcome or a situation in our life. We can just base it on Him. And like I said beginning, He is constant. He is constant. When He says yes, when we say yes to Him, I am surrendering all my dreams, all my thoughts, all my mindsets, and I am adopting His. I am adopting His. The one thing that a lot of people struggle with in their walk with the Lord is completely surrendering all things in their life to Him. Can I tell you something? For some of you in the room, you, you understand what I'm saying. You tried it your way and you messed it up. You messed it up. I'll tell a personal story from my perspective. I love people. I love all people. You can t- I mean, I love people so much it like just leaked over into my three-year-old. That kid, he cries at the beach because we tell him he can't go in a stranger's tent. Like, he's just like, but they're my friends. But I love people. I love people so much. But there have been seasons in my life where I've tried to love people on my own strength. And my love for them begins to wane. It begins to turn to, to, to... It's not love anymore. (laughs) I start getting this real harsh look at people. I don't give people um, the benefit of the doubt, I guess. I begin to think the worst of people at times. But I found in my life that when I love people through Jesus, oh man, oh, it's so much better to love people like Jesus does. It's so much better to love people like Jesus does. But I felt like hate and bitterness and anger building up in me. That's what comes from living a life of your own. You build up fruits of the flesh and not of the spirit. And those things begin to come up. And I don't like myself when I'm like that. I really don't. I don't like when I have anger and bitterness and resentment and, and, and just, oh, God, you get them. You just strike them down like David said. Then Jesus walks into the picture and he just changes everything and then I don't have all this stuff that I carry with me anymore. I'm able to let it go and he carries it. And then I'm given love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And now all of these things just flow because I've just given it to him. And I allow him to be the Lord 
and not me. Do I get it right every day? Heck no. <laughs> no. But I strive every day to let him be Lord. Take my hands off of things sometimes and understand that he is faithful. He is faithful. Every head bowed and every eye closed. In the room today, some of you, um, like I said, this echoes your heart. Like you've just been in a place where you're like, man, God is faithful. He is so good. He has been so good to me. And I'm very thankful that you're at that place in your walk with the Lord right now. But I want to remind you to remember that in the days that you're in the valley and it seems dry and it seems desperate. And know to speak to your, to, your, to your soul to say hope in God. I command you to hope in God. And then for some of you in the room today, you're at that place where you're either like, I'm saying it, but I don't believe it. Or, man, I just haven't seen God and I just need to command my soul to, to hope in God again. I've lost that trust in Him. I've lost that trust in Him. So if that's you in the room today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I just, I just, I want to make that declaration over my life today. To hope in God. To hope in God. To trust in Him again, even when it seems like there is nothing else to trust in. I put it in Him. So if that's you in the room today, every head bowed and every head closed, if you will. Just slip your hand up. I want to pray with you today. If that's you, you can raise your hand at this moment. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're in a place that David was in. The dude who wrote the majority of the Psalms, you're in the same boat that he was in. And that's totally okay. And then for some of you in the room today, you don't have hope in God or trust in His faithfulness because you wanted everything to happen your way. You've told Him to kind of get out of the way and I'm going to be king of my life. And for some in this room, you need to get that right. You need to tell the Lord, no, you are king of my life and I'm submitting to your lordship. I'm submitting to you because you are good and you are faithful. So if that's you in the room today and you say, I, I want to I resubmit to his lordship, i got to put him back on the throne of my life, quit doing things the way I want to do them. If that's you on the count of three, just slip your hand up. One, two, three, if that's you in the room today. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man. Mm. If you will stand with me today in the room, all across the room, here's what I'm, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask if you raise your hand for anyone. Any, any one of the prayers. I'm not going to call them specific. I'm just going to ask you if you raised your hand. I'm going to invite you to come here to the front. What's going to happen is we want to celebrate you, number one, because you're making a great decision, whether it's to hope in God or to put him as king of throne in your life. And then we want you to know, too, that you are loved and that you are not looked down on because you took him off the throne because guess what? We have all been in that place. And we want you to know that there's people behind you that support you and love you and want to pray with you. So if you raised your hand, if you will, just come join me at the front. As they come, can we celebrate them today, church? But if that's you, come on down. If you raise your hand, come meet me here in the front. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all come right over here. 
Right there is good. Right there. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on, church. They're coming. If I can get my staff, board, leaders in the room, come stand behind somebody. Come put your hand on their back. Let them know you're behind them and that you support them and that you love them. Staff wives, board wives, prayer team, anybody. If you're in the room and you just want to pray over somebody today, come pray with them. We want everybody to know that they are loved and they are valued and that we are with them and we support them in this. Now, I'm going to make this statement. As I said earlier, God is faithful and I understand life is hard. Life is tough. There are situations and circumstances that we can't control that happen to us and it steals our focus off of Jesus. There is no condemnation in that. There is no, like, looking at you going, man, you knew better than that. You should have done better. It's, man, I'm glad you realized it and you're here. And that you're at this place. And that you're here. So we're going to pray over you, Lord. Right now, as we're in the front, for those of you that are praying um, for hope in God, I want you to pray. And earlier I taught you that they're fighting, and I need y'all to fight. I need y'all to fight for them right now and begin to pray over them. Reach your hands this way if you have to, and just trust the Lord for them as they are being broken of some things. They're having to move other things off of the throne of their hearts, whatever that may be. We just want you to begin to pray for them. Lord, we pray right now for our brothers and sisters, God, whether they're here to say, I hope in God. I don't see it, but I hope in God. I just pray right now that you would just touch them and be with them right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that you would set them free, God, of all of the turmoil in their heart and in their soul, that they would know you are the one that they rest and lean on, God. And we just thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for those that are here tonight, God, today, God, that are saying, I'm removing myself from the throne and I'm putting you back because your ways are better, your ways are higher, and sometimes I do want to, I want to know why, but sometimes I'm just not going to get it, and that's okay. That's okay in my life, because I know that I trust in you, God. I trust in you, Lord. And so, Lord, we just thank you, we praise you, we glorify you for it. I pray over their days to come. I pray over those in the room, God, that might still be in that place, that still are, are, are saying, I don't know if God is faithful or those in the rooms that are just, that are saying hope in God. I just pray over their hearts and I pray over their coming days that as the enemy attacks, that we will fight with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We will get behind them. We will hold their arms up and we will support them. And we love you, Jesus. We thank you for it. In your mighty, wonderful, precious name we pray. Everyone said amen and amen. Can we celebrate that some people are putting their hope back in God, that they are putting him back on the throne of their heart.